0: Hello and welcome in once again to Doug's Daily Double. Or should I say Doug's Daily Double when I want to record? (laughs) I apologize for uh, not recording at all last week and leaving it all hanging. I hope to get back on a more regular schedule this week starting with today. Uh, The audio quality sounds a little off because I'm sitting in a hotel lobby up in Bellevue at a cheer competition um, trying to get this one in. A couple of topics I want to touch on today. Uh, First of all, i we'll talk about Jim Harbaugh and some of the commentary that's been floating around nationally over the last week or so about the notice of allegations against him in Michigan and how some others in the national media are comparing and contrasting that to what isn't happening in regards to some schools around the country and NIL, particularly talking about Jaden Rashada's situation, obviously. And then secondly, I'm going to touch a little bit on... NIL in general, and, and the NCAA has issued some new guidelines yesterday on how they're going to pursue NIL um, potential infractions going forward, and, and I'll touch on that as well. So let's go back to Harbaugh to start. Um, you know, Josh Pay and several others in the national media landscape have talked about, you know, kind of ridiculing the NCAA and like, kind of like, why are they going after Jim Harbaugh for? you know, recruiting violations during COVID, and they're not going after teams like Florida and stuff. We're openly, you know, flaunting NIL regulations and rules, uh, you know, in regards to pay for play and inducements things and whatnot. Right. It, to me, it's a little bit disingenuous. It's It's fun. You know, it's it's easy, it's easy to pick on the NCAA, they're an easy target and by no means am I gonna sit here and defend the NCAA as an organization. But it's also a little bit of like, you know, comparing apples to to hand grenades. Um they aren't those two things aren't in the same realm. And it goes it goes kind of to two points. First and foremost, evidence, right? So clearly the NCAA has strong evidence that suggests that uh, Michigan had hosted or or had in-person contact with recruits during the covid dead period, national dead period in which no one was allowed to have contact with recruits. Same thing that obviously happened down at Arizona State with Herm and company. So I mean clearly they have some compelling evidence in order to level those charges and then and the more serious charge that Jim just decided he's not going to be honest with them about it and he's not going to talk to them about it and that's his choice but he also has to deal with repercussions of that. You know, I think if you want to compare and contrast that, like, do, does the NCAA have any kind of evidence that Florida or anyone else is, is doing the legal inducements of players, you know, via an NIL? And, and I'm guessing the answer to that is probably not, because first of all, it's not Florida, the school, the institution, the coaches, it's their NIL organizations, which aren't associated with the school. And the same thing with every other school across the country who's, who's doing NIL. You know, these deals and offers and contracts aren't being made by the school. So the, the burden of proof is already more difficult because it's a third party. Secondly, they probably don't have any of that evidence anyway. It's all hearsay. Now look, I'm not naive. I'm not stupid. We all know what's going on in this NIL era. It's not NIL. The vast majority of deals that are being made for every player everywhere in the country is not paying the market rate value for the actual name, image, and likeness. With a few exceptions, obviously Dr. Pepper, paying Bryce Young, things like that. Those guys are getting paid for what the spirit and intent of NIL was always. The rest of it, everywhere. Everywhere. It's pay-for-play. Like, that's what it is. It's boosters finding creative ways to pay players to come to their school, to stay at their school, to transfer to their school. It's the game right now, and it's it's quasi-legal, it's gray area, but let's not let's just be honest about what it is. It, you know, it's pay-for-play. It's legalized or semi-legalized pay-for-play, and the NCAA really doesn't have any way um, to go after it right now. Which kind of goes into the second topic I'm going to discuss. But, but going back to the Harbaugh thing, I, I think it's kind of silly for for these people to defend Harbaugh and while trying to point the finger at these other situations because they're not comparable. It's about evidence, and it's about the fact that the NCAA has very little they can do about NIL. Even if they have evidence, if they try to say this player is isn't isn't eligible because he got this NIL deal, or this school is going to suffer infractions because they're a, an, an entity not associated with the school gave a player a contract that's legal according to state law, they are going to end up in court, and they probably will lose that battle in court, which will actually exacerbate the problem, not make it better. Uh, that's the reality of the landscape right now. The NIL situation with the NCAA, they are completely muted, and they know it. And and they certainly can't go after Florida or anyone else without actual evidence, which they probably don't have. So, you know, sitting there and, and saying, oh, it's okay for Jim Harbaugh to openly flaunt rules that everybody knew about, that they probably have evidence that he did, is okay because we're not doing anything about NIL is just an absurd argument. It's just an absurd argument for Harbaugh apologists to make at the national landscape. And and I'm kind of over it. Like, let's just be real about here. When we're talking about these comparisons, let's compare apples to apples. And the world of NIL is a whole different ballgame from what, is happening and happened with Harbaugh in that situation. And honestly, if he just came clean, they would have been fine. But he wants to lie in off these gates, so you know it'll drag on for however long it drags on, and we'll see what comes of that. So let's flip over. Um, you know, the NIL situation continues to be confounding, and the problem again is, it's the Wild West. Nobody has any ability whatsoever. To, to regulate it, including the NCAA. They've, they've issued their initial their initial um, guidelines on NIL. They followed that up with revised guidelines at least one or two times. And now this, this last week, they've come out with some additional um, revised guidelines on how they want to, to tackle NIL. And this one is the most regressive, uh, I'm sorry, the most aggressive yet. And I just don't know that it's gonna actually Um, work out so well for them as well. But I I feel like they're getting a lot of pressure from some of their constituents to try to do something. And I think this is what they're trying to do. So basically, what they've come out this week and said is that they're going to move to a presumption of guilt standard around NIL. Um, The way it reads is when available information supports that the behaviors leading up to, surrounding and or related to an NIL agreement or activity were contrary to the NCAA Division 1 legislation and or the interim NIL policy the enforcement staff and NCAA Division 1 committee on infractions shall presume a violation has occurred get that shall presume a violation so if they have evidence they're just going to presume it happened to rebut this presumption of a violation, the institution must clearly demonstrate that all behaviors comply with NCA legislation and interim NIL policy. So what they're saying here is that if we have any kind of information, we're going to presume you're guilty, and it's your job to prove you're not. It's the opposite of every way they've ever operated, it's the op- opposite way of like common law, it's the opposite way of the entire history of American like jurisprudence, and obviously this is not a legal situation, we're not talking about a court of law. But the same kind of standards as always applied. Um, you know, it's treated as innocent until proven guilty. You have to build a case of evidence to, to get you know, to say that, that the school has permitted a violation. And the NCAA is now coming out and saying, no, 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 we're gonna presume you're guilty and it's your job to prove your innocence. I'm really, really, really interested to see how this works out. Um, you know, first of all, do they have cases in their pipeline that they're planning on using against certain schools? um you know based on this on this presumption of guilt standard that they want to push secondly you know how are the students going to respond to that are they going to like actually try to like prove they're innocent or are they just going to say "Eh, we'll take it to court um because i think ultimately if they try to if they try to push their hand on this this is where this is going to end up it's going to end up in court uh which ultimately where all this is going and it's kind of the, the big kind of gloomy blooming cloud over the entire sport of college football and, and there and, and therefore by you know college athletics in general obviously there's movements across the country to also you know uh, designate players as employees and create like revenue sharing the California bill for an example. Uh, a lawsuit in, I believe, Pennsylvania, as a second example, and the third one being the National Labor Relations Board case against uh, University of Southern California and the Pac-12 and others is the third third track. So all three of those tracks are pushing for uh, football players and potentially other sports players as as employees and therefore subject to employment law, which opens up a whole bunch of things, minimum wage benefits, time off, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the things that are involved in employment law and of course, collective bargaining and revenue sharing and all those other things. And where that might end up taking, not just college football, but college sports as a whole, is a whole open question that we'll continue to monitor and talk about in the future, but but I thought this particular. You know it kind of it kind of went under the radar this past week this this presumption of guilt standard that the ncaa is trying to move to in regards to nil but it's something to keep an eye on especially over the course of the summer and fall it, it are there any to be cases coming forth from the ncaa on nil i don't believe to this day that the the ncaa has brought forth any case against any school in regards to improper use of nil it's something to keep an eye on i think there's there's definitely people in the sport that want to see that happen, uh, that are pushing the NCA to do something. Um, so we will be interesting to see if this tactic by the NCAA works, who they go after, and what the ultimate outcome of that will be. With that said, I'll, I'll sign off for now. Hope to be back with you all tomorrow. Uh, obviously signing day is coming up this Wednesday. Oregon had a big uh, round of visitors in this weekend, none bigger, of course, than five-star 2023 athlete, Nicholas Harbor in town. Uh, So we'll see how that that checks out over the week, the weekend, and, um, you know, he'll be making his decision ahead of Wednesday's signing day. So keep an eye on signing day on Wednesday, and we'll be covering that for you, of course, on the TV11 show over at Scoop Duck, and, of course, here on Doug's Daily Double as well. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your day.